Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we start new stories. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. You're like winding up to say something rude, and I appreciate you. I don't, I don't know. You're just you really assume that I'm a bad person, and I give you I, I've given you no evidence. You, you you've given me 170 episodes of evidence. Um, but Cody, how are you, and what have you been up to, buddy? I. I'm doing well. We did talk about this a little bit already. I have been playing yeah, right. a decent amount of Armor Core. Heck yeah, dude. I'm so happy. Like, I have the biggest smile on my face. I am so happy. <laughs> I played Armor Core growing up, right? Like Armor Core 1 yeah. when I was very That's young. Right. And I was bad at it. And I'm still bad at it. And that game is unapologetically impossibly difficult. Oh my gosh. I... It's funny because you say this, and while I agree, there are some bosses in this game that are so hard. <laughs> like the one that, the, like two that you told me you've been stuck on the um, chapter one finale boss, the um, like Archibus, what Battleist, I think, and then yeah. the chapter three spider thing. Oh, sorry, chapter two spider thing. Those are very hard bosses. Um, but like they're very possible. <laughs> They're fun, and it's the, the the thing is that like just ice skating around on jet legs and shooting other robots so is just fun. a good time. It's so fun! It's just but so much fun. MTs but, like, are you a get joke. what I was saying? Yeah, right. You get what I was saying last week, right? Where I'm like, this might be like the mecha game that I've been waiting for my entire oh, life. Oh yeah, like yeah. it fulfills that so well. Like you said, just like ice skating on like the robot legs, like flying through the air using a like laser sword and like like machine guns and missiles and like all this stuff and then just like the story is like it's interesting they like do it mostly through like comms and like messages which is fine but like i don't know i'm enjoying i feel bad like when i die and someone like gets on the radio and is like you did your best but oh well you suck like i'm the bad guy oh there was a boss later that like just straight up like if he if because you fight two at once and if the one guy kills you he just goes pathetic and I'm like, wow, wow. The fact Thanks. that there's a double cool. boss is so not surprising. It hurts. There's, there's, I think, so far that I've faced two, and they both suck. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that absolutely. Well, if you're at the end of chapter two, that you face the one boss where it's like there's a boss in the middle, and there's like four snipers around. No, and I think that's chapter one, dude. No idea what you're talking. You, you about. Like, it's like at the very, it's like at the very, like the one where you first see like the like camouflaging. Um, armored cores. Oh, they were. Yeah, and really... there's like one in the middle, and there's like a bunch of snipers. There's a bunch that. in the middle, but you have to. F- they're all the same thing. You just have to uncamouflage them, and then they fly down yeah, one at a time. But you're fighting that dude in the middle who like actually has armor and stuff. Oh, it's while miserable. Just getting sniped. Yeah, this is horrible. Just getting sniped left to right sucks. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's horrible. What, what other thoughts you got on this? I've been like really enjoying this. Game. Yeah, no, I mean, really, it's just mostly positive stuff. I think the movement feels great. I feel bad at the game but it also feels like uh, watching people play it is insane and makes me angry you know yeah oh my gosh when you watch someone who's like really good at it yeah it's yeah so watch it it's like, like, oh yeah they beat them like this boss in one minute and i'm like why yeah it's like watching someone speed run mario 64 and i'm like you make me sick but i can't stop watching you but you you're gross and i can't stop watching this well that's that's the thing that like has always bothered me especially about from software games is when someone is like like not even like good with like oh here's my build that has like this super strong weapon or this super magic but they're just like really good at just knowing the game i just like yeah yeah i just hate you 
Well, this is like the Sekiro run throughs suck. It's like the whole story of like let me solo her, right? Where it's like yes, he didn't do anything. It's just like I have two swords and a pot on my head. Like I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, but me, that that dude was me. awesome. I I do like I like saw that internet legend become a thing. Like <laughs> I actually saw the post on Reddit and then saw like it's like oh yeah no this dude just does that. He's beaten her like. I think it's like a couple thousand times at this point. Yeah. It's just, it's it's amazing. But yeah, no. Anything else you've been into? Unless you want to um, say more about Armor Girl. Well, so, oh yeah, I started watching Has Been Hotel. Um, I have which, not. I'm waiting till it all comes out so I can just speed through. Yeah, it's definitely not all. I think there's maybe like two episodes left. Um, yeah. And I am enjoying it. I understand or rather, I am aware, I guess, that there's a lot of, like, uh, kerfuffle around the show. Why? Oh, people are complaining about it on account of its content, which is, you know, offensive to a certain type of person. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, I would agree with the face that you just made. Um, okay. <laughs> but, like, I-, I guess, like, I'm a person who... Just can both it's just it's just a freaking fictional like we don't you un, we agree anyways go on we agree but like <laughs> i think what it is is i am a person that does enjoy irreverence and yeah. i am a person who thinks that it's like okay like it, there should be room to talk about and like i, I like a show that is going to be like okay look it's like not a joke of a show and it doesn't feel ironic or cynical but it is going to poke fun at things and it is about pretty heavy subject matter and also the music is really fun in it so i enjoy the art style it feels like powerpuff girls it's basically just him from powerpuff girls the whole show it's just that the whole way it is a lot of him um (laughs) um have you watched so that artist and like show like creator um vivian something no nothing okay i was gonna say because she also does a show on youtube it's kind of like been stalled a little bit since hasman hotel got bought and is coming out but hell of a boss is like kind of the same world and a lot of irreverence a lot of like like um leaning on sexual content and themes about that like sexual freedom and stuff like that It's, it's 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 a like Hell of a boss is why I'm even interested in Hasman Hotel, but yeah, it's like it's a, she's a very good writer, and like I like how she like weaves in um, a lot of these heavier themes in this highly irreverent com- <laughs> content that she's making. Um, but uh, yeah, Keith David, do you know who that is? Oh yes, I know. Of course, I know who Keith David is. Okay, I didn't remember his name, but anyways, so. He voices one of the characters, right? And, like, oh he has God, a very yeah. distinct voice, you know? Yeah. And so, like, he talks, and I'm like, I recognize the voice immediately, and I'm like, freaking who the frick is that? And then I had to Google it, and I was like, oh, yeah. And, like, okay, so he's in a movie called They Live, yes. where he plays, like, a tough construction worker yeah. who, um, there's, like, this great scene in that movie like where... 20-minute fight scene? Yeah, where, uh... Rodney Piper is trying to get him to put on glasses. And I think at one point there's a line that's like, put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. And then they, yeah, just like punch each other in the face for, for like, 20 for minutes. Like, 20 mi- like it is a very long fight scene. And <laughs> I, so I really cool. love an actor that can go from that to like, do you want to be in this weird horny Amazon show? 
and play a cat demon. He's just like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, you're but great. It's also funny because I'm pretty sure he also played like a like a preacher in this like the Oprah Winfrey show Green Sleeves or whatever. I did let not me, know that. Let me double let me, Green Leaf. Yes, he played a preacher in Green Leaf. So that's even funnier to me that he's in Hazmat Hotel and then also the kerfluffle you were talking about people having. It's like it's this yeah. like very funny. Like dude who was also in Green Leaf. Funny um, to me. But he's also he is also in Cloud Atlas. Yes, he was in Cloud Atlas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's um, in a lot of stuff we like if we have talked he, about on the show. He is in a lot of stuff that I like. He's he is in like great. two of my favorite movies and that he is in Thing and They Live. Oh yeah, he's also in Nope for like five minutes, but he's in Nope. Is he in Nope? I didn't remember that. Yeah, he's the dad in Nope at the like very like like I said, he's in there for five seconds. Oh man, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, let's like let's like kicks off the oh, story of Nope. Oh yeah. yeah, I was thinking of the other one. Um of Get Out or Us. Us. I was thinking of Us. Okay, yeah, no no no. He's um, the dad in Us. <laughs> yeah, that's like I was like what no, yeah, you're gonna the, be like what? <laughs> um, yeah, that's the guy from Black Panther, the um uh, why do I forget his freaking name? But anyways, keep going. I'm going to yell out the name in the middle of you talking anyways. What was I saying? Where was I going with this, though? Oh, but one thing I was impressed with, and I don't know anything about if Keith David has had, like, vocal training or a vocal career, but he, like, has to sing songs, and he sings the songs. And I'm like, all right, didn't know you could sing. Cool, you know? That's great. I'm always impressed with that when, like, actors have to, like, do that thing of, like, hey, you want to be in this? Like, okay, like, you have to sing with Broadway people, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we're we're doing yeah. it. Like, well, I'm I'm like, man, that's that's impressive. Like, yeah, also, um, Stephanie Beatrice from um, what's it called? Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, she's in it too. Also, has a very good voice. <laughs> yeah, there's a funny thing about her, right? Because she is always doing a voice. Has the tough guy voice, and then like <laughs> when you hear her actually talk, she has like a very bubbly voice. Yeah. And so, like, the first time she sang in the show, Mandy was like, is that the same person? I'm like, yeah, she just doesn't actually sound like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, that yeah is a she, voice. she is always doing a voice, yes. <laughs> yeah, the first time I heard her on a podcast, and, like, I recognized her name, like, oh, yeah, she's guesting on this podcast. I listened to him, like, that's not who I thought it was, is it? And then I looked up, I was like, oh, no, she just does a voice, always. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's a, she is always putting on a thing, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you should watch Hasbun Hotel. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I've been it's on it's on the list. I, I will absolutely watch it. Um anything else you've been doing before I talk about I mean, do you want to talk novels? about the romance novels that I've been reading lately or no. do you wanna Okay. Yeah. I mean I if you want to throw so. out titles so you can just like so people who listen to the show also uh, read romance novels could be oh yeah, that sounds interesting. You could, um, you could throw out the titles. Sword Heart so far is very good. It's set in a world that I very much enjoy. Um it I think has followed up by the anime Sword Heart Online. Oh, it's by T not... King Fisher. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you know who T King Fisher is? Yeah. Why do you know who T King Fisher is? Because I have other friends than you, Cody. Oh, okay. I've read a lot of her books. You know what really bothers me about her as an author name? She's Yeah, what? It's that and like I don't care that she is a female writer what i the problem that i have is that it's acronym and then king and that in my head registers as a male name yes i think that's on purpose cody it might be but it's like but but like if you're writing romance like and like a lot of her books are specifically like romance books i'm like okay 
it throws me off every time that I'm like, oh, I can really tell what the kind of author that like what this author likes. He and then someone's like, no, it's a woman. Like, gosh darn it, every single time with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, Leah from Side Characters reads a lot of her books. I think it's trying to read all of her books. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've... T. King writes... Oh, sorry, T. King Fisher. Because I always put it as T. King Fisher, but no, it's T. King Fisher. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm close. I think there's only two or three that I haven't read at this point. Dang. Um, I think she's and they are all really good, but she started too. out writing horror. Yeah. And like, really good I was horror. even interested in the first place with um, What Moves but... the Dead is what I wanted to read. That one is really good. I've I've read that. It's very good. Um, but what I like about it is that it it, it it's like uh, watching Peter Jackson movies, where it's like, because I started reading uh, the uh, the first book I read was Paladin's Grace, and there's just like a couple parts in that where I'm like, is this a horror book? This feels like a horror book, but it's mostly about like being very thirsty for a perfume maker. So yeah. decidedly not and then some horrific. Some crap happens at the end. Yeah, and then uh, and that just kept happening. And then I was like, oh, I went and like looked at her other books, and I was like, what moves the dead? And I read that, and that's one that made me mad because like I read that, and I'm like, this is what I want to be writing, and she's just doing it better than me. And I'm like, get 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 in your own lane that isn't mine. Like, yeah, I'm I'm bad at what I do already. I don't need to feel worse about it, you know. But yeah, I think if you read like What Moves the Dead, you'd be like, I can really understand a lot of why Cody's like, okay, hey, look, this is exactly <laughs> what I want to be doing, and you are amazing at it. And and I I'm sad <laughs> that you're a million years ba- ba- based than me. off of what Leah said. I could probably already guess like kind of what you're talking about. Well, it's that's, like that's you know really every hero in that book is like a grungy kind of like yep. blue collar person. There's a tough yep. old lady in it. The way she that's describes, that's exactly like, I was like yep I know exactly the horror what you're of nature like things growing and twisting on themselves. And yep. I'm like yep. <laughs> Cody, yep, this is evocative and efficient, and it makes me upset. <laughs> I know. We all wish we could be here. Also, Hasbin Hotel, I think, finished today, so I'll probably start watching it this weekend. Oh, cool. So I can finish that uh, with Mandy tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I think I think today was the last episode. Um, but yeah, so what I've been doing, um, I'll speed run stuff so we can get to the stories, the reason people actually listen to this podcast. So finish Steven Universe, including the movie and Steven Universe Future. I, I have it. not done the movie or Steven Universe future. It's all just really good and really relatable. It's just like really good stuff. I enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. Um, a lot of another show with a lot of good music. Just a lot oh, of good yeah. music, start to finish. Rebecca like, Sugar's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Rebecca Sugar's great. Yeah, no, I just really enjoyed it. I know. I don't know. Have we talked about Steven Universe on the podcast? But I know you got mad at me because like you have been recommending it to it? me. And then finally, I started watching because my girlfriend. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but Do yeah, you no, know really how many it. times you've done that to me? Where I'm like, you'd like this thing. Three You're times. Like, no, yes, I, don't. I know exactly. Three times. <laughs> I've done it three times, and I'm sorry for everyone. Very specifically, oh, yeah. three times. <laughs> yeah, maybe I remember which ones because all of this show, you've gotten mad at me for it. <laughs> yes, I have. And this is just another in a long line of things. But, but Steven Universe is just, it's just really good, really endearing. Like, it's targeted at a younger audience but it still hits those points hard and it hits those points hard without ever being edgelord about it which is really nice because we get shows that will do the other like to a point like i made the joke on my other discord where i'm like oh yeah it's like steven universe is just evangelion for kids because it hits a lot of similar themes and like but yeah it does like 
some really deep stuff. Some like also talks about trauma and things like that without ever being edgelord or being like too heavy. And it's, it's like yeah. a nice entry and just a nice thing to like watch with like a friend. Yeah. Well, and it, it to me is again one of those things that makes me go like I, I think for I think for people our age, and this is maybe my own perception that was untrue, but like I, I think that if you were gonna go like I'm into animation. That kind of was saying you're into anime, because, yeah. like, at the time, I don't think that there was as serious of a culture yeah. around Western animation. I agree, because a lot of it was um, absurdist, like, humor cartoons. Like, a lot of the well, cartoons we grew up were for jokes and didn't really hit Yeah, and I think ever. right when we were growing up, it was like, there were so many amazing cartoons that, like... <laughs> Because, like, I remember growing up watching Batman the Animated Series and being like, yes. this is freaking awesome. And it's still, Static like, one of my... Good, Justice League. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, I watched uh, SWAT Cats a lot. And um, what was the other one that, like, stuck out to me? But even stuff like um, Codename Kids Next Door, I think, did some really cool stuff. And, like, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy was goofy, but still really good. And then by the time we got to, like, Adult Swim, I think there were, like, excellent shows there that were, you know, they weren't, like, action adventure shows, though. You know, like, because to me, like, home movies is excellent, and I love Metalocalypse and Squidbillies and a lot of stuff like this. But it's nice to me with something like Steven Universe or Adventure Time, um... Or like Bojack Horseman, like seeing these things go like we're we're taking animation very seriously and gonna like yeah. really try to like make an excellent piece of art within this medium that is not a joke. And I, I really love to see that. Yeah. Also, really quick, I wanna make an addendum because I just thought you've also done the thing to me where I'm like, oh, you should really check this out. And then like months later you come to me, it's like, oh, Jordan, you should check this thing out. It's so amazing. It's this you just named the thing I told you about. Yeah, you've done that. No, you did that with everything everywhere all at once. I'm just gonna throw that out there, you jerk. It's not, Jordan, it's not that I find it's no, not no, that I we don't have that you to we do not to have me. to talk up we do not have to do grievances on this podcast. Oh no, we're doing a grievance here. It's that I tell you to do something multiple times times and you say no and then a person that you're crushing on no, tells you to said, do it I'm and you're like yeah it. i'll do that now like well, okay all right well cody i don't want to date you i know i'm aware but i'm still a little bit offended that i told you to watch steven universe so like, you just like so, so it's fine that you just don't care when i like make recommendations but like <laughs> hey you want to know do you want to know a true thing jordan i tried to watch uh scavenger's reign and i did not like it very much <sighs> It's fine. I do not care. I do not. Care. I feel like if someone I, else recommended it, you would have, or you found it on your own, you would have loved it. I, 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 I only, I, did, I got like three quarters of the way through one episode and quick because I was. Why do you do that? Were you watch so bored? Barely half of an episode, and then you're like, I hate this whole thing. You don't. Have, why do you do that? Because you do that so often. Where there have been things that I'm like, this is great, and you get like. 20, you get, not even, you get 10 minutes and you're like, I hate this, the whole thing sucks, and I'm never ever going to watch it again. And it's like, what are we doing here, Cody? What are we truly doing here? I just didn't, it wasn't. Anyways, wasn't um, the other thing, I've been playing a lot of Armor Core. I also, um, I saw Godzilla minus one, and I freaking loved it. Oh, you know, I really wanted to, my dad wanted to see that with me, and we just couldn't it's, make it work. There was really like one. Good. 
There was like one night I was gonna be up north and I was gonna go and see it with him, and then it snowed like fifty inches, and I was like, "Yeah, nope, yeah, that's, that's what happens when you live in the state that you live in. Just suddenly you get hit with that lake foot, uh, lake snow." Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Godzilla minus one, very good. Would recommend, but you're probably gonna watch ten seconds of it and be like, "This sucks," and then like do anything else. You're, oh, I have to read Does subtitles. It have subtitles that. And yeah. I don't watch things with subtitles. Yeah, yeah, it has subtitles. So I guess you're, you're like, That's a joke. just yeah. It's not Cody. That is barely. I a like joke. that is anime. barely that is barely a joke, Cody. Because you literally initially didn't watch Chainsaw Man because you couldn't find the dub because you didn't want to watch subtitles. Like you hated anime. Horizon Zero Dawn because you couldn't eat peanuts during it. Do you understand? Do you understand my frustration as someone who recommends stuff to like a dude that he really cares about and that has those be the responses to him? Do you understand? What's really not fair is that I've played so much of Baldur's Gate. Yeah, the game where you have to yeah. click through endless and, and then you like you literally threw a fit. Well, didn't throw a fit, but you're like, oh yeah, I can't eat peanuts. This is this is why this Do you game know sucks. What the differences? But, no, I don't. I don't care. I'm gonna I tell you. Do not care. I don't care. Do you know what the, there's two differences. Hey, there's a difference. I don't care. There's romance options in Boulder's Gate, and um, the dialogue doesn't suck. I'm going to eat my own teeth. That, honestly, I would hate to watch that happen. <laughs> not because it would be, like, empathetically upsetting, but because no, I have, like, really horror gross. teeth, you know? Yeah, it just bothers yeah, just me. like, really gross. Um, and then also we've been playing the um, game Pal World that just came out, the Pokemon game Guns sucks. game. <laughs> wow. That game's trash. Guys, all the audience, how many of this did I say, like, oh, this sounds great, and Cody's just like, sucks, sucks, sucks. No. No, I don't. I, I don't feel bad at all. That game I enjoy it. It's just garbage. fun. To hang, it's literally just fun to have a TV show on and just walk around and play Fortnite Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Honestly, like I understand what you're saying. Like I don't fully disagree with you. But man, I was re- I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this out because it was free on Game Pass. I'm like I'm gonna we're gonna give it a shot. And then I started playing it. I'm like, what? How did this game get seven billion downloads? I only played it for like ten seconds and it was bad. Ah. <sighs> It's I like, have um, not caught a single pal yet, but I've died seven times. See, I, I will say my experience is much different because we started a server and I've been playing with people. So I like, like some, I started the game. Someone walked up, handed me a bow, handed me a bunch of stuff. It's like, okay, you're good. Like I got like arm, like, like the, the leather armor, like a bow and all this stuff. So yeah, I, I started out a little bit better off than you. Did. So yeah. What's so upset. <laughs> um, what else have I been doing? Random anime stuff that we don't have to talk about because I have actual bad opinions of it. Um, and Ooh, I want to know. We'll talk about this after. But anyways, Cody, what are we doing today, buddy? And get your dice ready because we're rolling for initiative. Uh, We're going to read chapters of our story, which I will say I kind of have. I think what we both picked is unsurprising if you paid attention at all during the episode last week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It felt like it felt like a very foregone conclusion to me but anyways go go ahead and roll jordan okay i shouldn't start hedging oh, until it's actually my it. turn. i actually wanted to go second but i rolled at 18 you're going first yeah yeah, yeah you're going yeah. first it's like what are you rolling you just you uh, save- fire up pal world and get killed by fake bulbasaur <laughs> anyways cody what do you roll so we can actually like the audience can know rather than you just be like oh i lost like what, what was oh i rolled an 11 okay thank you cody Please don't actually start playing a video. Just don't don't start playing a video game in the middle of this podcast, please, because you know that will like send me down an endless spiral of anger. Oh, the other thing I've been doing is watching a lot of Rick and Morty. 
Put the controller down, Cody. They can't see you. Put the controller down. <laughs> that, that's a PlayStation controller that isn't actually hooked up to anything. Okay, so I'll go. So the story I picked, like I said, is like, if you were paying attention at all to last episode, um, it's very clear what I picked. But I picked the um, Skyball story, the like sports one with the teammates and all that. Um, what I'm finding out is, yeah, this is going to be a like kind of difficult one to like kind of get the ball rolling on because I got to like explain a lot of stuff. Okay, that's I didn't mean to do that. So Cody's dancing. <laughs> Cody's dancing and finger gunning me. Um, but like, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's gonna be a hard one to get the ball rolling on because you gotta like explain. This isn't just Earth. This is stop, <laughs> stop. It's not just Earth. It's not just like oh yeah, they're in Ohio. I I have to like get things going. I hate Jordan, you I so have much. a solid I want, piece of advice for you. I want to jump. Don't out the explain anything. Your audience isn't stupid. It's not explain not not that I've explained anything. I'm not just being, okay. And then they play Skyball. It's like, why don't we get to know at all what this is about? You got to explain that. You know, there's an amount of world you. building I that you can assume people are dumb. Hey guys, for the audience, it was about 25 minutes into the recording before Jordan said that he disliked Cody. <laughs> good for us, honestly. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's usually within the first five minutes. <laughs> I don't you, have- you did. You took off your headphones and then we're like, I can hear what you're saying. I'm like, I didn't say anything. Because <laughs> I'm so used to you. like, Because the thing is, Cody, there are times when I leave and you do say something snarky. And you act like I don't listen to the recording and can't catch it. On no, the it's recording. like I'm leaving, you little, I'm leaving you little Easter eggs of hate. You know? <laughs> Easter eggs of hate. Yeah. Where's he with you? Because, like, maybe you're editing and you're like, I'm feeling good about myself today. I'm feeling happy. And then it's just like, and I wait, get to wait, retroactively stop. How, how often you. do you think I feel good about myself? Because I'll tell you, that number's way low. Well, I make an effort to keep <laughs> that amount low, you know? Oh, actually, I've been doing great, guys. Therapy helps. Anyway, I don't have a title for the story yet. We'll get there. It should just be called Therapy Helps. <laughs> I mean, this podcast is basically therapy if you think about it the way. I don't. I don't feel qualified. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that you're my therapist, but it helps me. Like, are you get saying stuff you're out. my therapist? <laughs> yes, and that should be no, scary for everybody. The therapist in this relationship, it's 100 percent me. Yeah, yeah, it's Mandy. I, I know. She's she's your living therapist, um, aka your wife. Um. Anyway, so yeah, this is chapter one. And that's the end of my chapter. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay, chapter one. Seriously, how is no one else freaking out right now? John said, breaking the silence in the elevator up to the dismount point of the stadium. He nervously ran his hands through his long blonde hair and looked around the room at his teammates. Everyone seemed to be composed but him, and this made him unravel even more. Because there's nothing to be freaking out about. Harper said plainly with the light shrug. He was standing near the door and staring out one of the glass walls as they continued to climb into the air. If Captain Perfect thinks it will be okay, it will probably be okay. Plus, this is what we trained for. We all wanted this, so why freak out now? Baz said calmly. She was in her own world, picking at her nails, while her eyes traced the path of a bug that somehow made it into the elevator. The bigger worry to her was that the poor bug would be lost hundreds of feet up in the air, trapped in the bounds of the electrical field that made up the arena. You, you guys are pranking me. You have to be. 
There is no way that all of you are calm and I am the only one freaking out, John said, shooting to his feet and frantically looking around the room. The rest of his team looked up, and one of the twins, Lynn, burst out laughing, finally being pulled away from the funny animal picture she was showing her brother Aster on her hollow. When are you not freaking out? Maybe we're calm because we actually have confidence, she teased. A perfect record will do that, her brother joined in. That was a perfect record in the Indie League. That means nothing in the pros. For our first match of the season, we are going up against Team Black Inc., they pushed Ghoul back to the independence after they had been in pros for 10 years. This is no joke, John said, pacing back and forth. Harper chuckled, still looking out the window. He could finally see the mid-range goals. Three goals for each team, worth two, four, and eight points. Compared to when he first met the team, he wasn't worried about the twin defenders Aster and Lynn keeping their goals clear. What he was more worried about was John choking. And judging from the frantic rant coming from across the elevator, he was certain John was going to choke. He was fine carrying the team in an indie match, but when it came to the pros, he felt they all needed to grow up quickly. John, breathe, Harper said sharply, finally turning away from the window and addressing his teammate. We have the advantage here. Everyone thinks that us being part of the pro leagues is a fluke. The first match, they are certain to underestimate us. That's when we throw it in their faces. Last year, we had a perfect record. We cleaned up indies, and now we got the bid to be part of pros. That wasn't a fluke. Two indie teams get this opportunity, based on merit and how good of a show they can get. We went from having the record of most losses to this. So forget the fact that this is pros and that was indies. It's all the same game, he said. John relaxed his shoulders a bit, then ran his hands through his hair, trying to calm down. He looked around the room again, at their gear and duffel bags, at their boards, and at his teammates. The scene was no different than every time they made the climb up to the locker room and dismount point. Aster and Lynn were teasing each other, Basil spaced out, and Harper looked like he was running plays through his head. Losing was natural. Winning is new for us, so I get why you're freaked out. In the end, this is match number one. If we win, that's great, but if we lose, we can still pull together. There's room for error, Baz said gently, standing up and putting a hand on John's shoulder. He looked down at the stocky goalie and gave a sheepish smile as the elevator began to slow to a stop. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine, really. I believe in us. We can do it just like Harper says, John said with a nervous shrug. They were at their destination, and the doors on both sides flung open with a pneumatic hiss. On the left, towards the outside of the arena. Also, you, like, dancing to music is really distracting. I gotta say, Cody. <laughs> like, I keep, like, my eyes keep flashing over because I just see movement in the other camera. Like, the, you have not stopped moving since I started talking. And it's so Sometimes you're listening to I Would Do Anything For Love and you gotta move. <laughs> that is the most white dad thing I've ever heard in my life. No, it's not. There's more that I want to talk to you about afterwards. <laughs> On the left towards the outside of the arena were the locker rooms, a convenient spot for halftime so they didn't have to travel down to the base. On the right was the dismount point where the team would push off the with their skyboards into the arena for the first skyball match of the professional season. It was a sheer drop into the arena towards the bottom goal, the Hellgate. The cool air of the arena rushed in, hitting Harper dead on, sending a tingle down his spine. It was the start of everything he had ever wanted, 
and he was filled with excitement. He decided that he would do whatever it took to cover for John potentially choking. Lynn hopped up, dissipating her hollow phone with a hand wave. Together with Aster, she grabbed up their gear and rushed into the locker room. Look alive, Johnny, she yelled, slapping him on the back heartily. Don't be so uptight, baby boy, Aster said, following suit. Their excitement was beginning to show as they ran through the hallway to the second set of pneumatic doors. John grabbed his gear and followed behind them, resigned to whatever happened next. Baz let out a deep breath and began gathering up her stuff. She had much more to carry, including a much larger board that was needed for snap movements rather than sustained flight. You ready for this? She called over to Harper, who finished grabbing his gear and took a moment to stare out at the arena. I was ready for this since I was a child, Harper said with a confident grin. A simple yes would have done. Note to self, small talk still doesn't work, Baz said with the eye roll. She started walking towards the locker room and Harper joined her. Oh, come on. What do you expect? I grew up watching this every weekend with my mom, waiting for my chance to take flight. It's exactly what I would have expected from the sportscast player to watch, Baz said, giving another obvious eye roll. That's just some PR bull. It doesn't mean anything. Either way, you think you can focus with all the hustle, bustle, and attention? Feels like the entire world has their eyes on, the, on this first match, Harper said, changing the subject. Look, Baz said, grinding to a stop right in front of the locker room doors. I can handle myself. I don't need you hovering. Don't worry about me. Focus on yourself. Okay, let's go out there and win this one, Harper said, backing down. For a split second, he was frustrated that he failed to connect with his teammate again, but that faded quickly as his focus returned to the task at hand. Right then, the pneumatic doors shot open and once again, a frantic John stood in front of them. Can you guys hurry up? Kyra said she would... Kyra said she is going to call in a few. Baz and Harper rushed in, pushing past them and began, and began putting on their gear while the other three finished up with preparing their skyboards. The locker room was much more spacious than the ones they used in the Indie League. It gave them all enough room to spread out and have their own sections. Towards the middle of the room were the mounts for a large hollow that coaches would call in on for pregame and halftime. Harper took one of the corners and began getting ready. He threw on his heavy red and gold wind cutter jacket with the symbol of the golden eagle across the back. The jackets were designed to protect from winds at high speeds. Even on a mild weather day such as this one, that protection was important. Should the arena be in the cold or snow, they would have to put on heavier winter gear. Completing the team uniform were the solid black pants with gold lighting and the lightweight automatic set boots to keep them on their boards unless purposely disconnecting for a jump shot or jump or trick shot. Harper covered his right hand with the black remote glove that would recall his board to him when he disconnected. Putting on the gear became second nature, giving him enough time to gather his thoughts. This was everything he wanted. He would honor his mother's memories and love for the sport by becoming a pro league champion. He remembered when he first started with this team. They were a mess, but he watched as the coach's direction and his skill fo helped form the objectively bad indie team into pro league rookies. They were there because of him, and he had to show the world what he was made of. Hey, boss man, Asser's voice brought Harper back to reality. 
Astro's linky frame leaned against the locker in front of Harper, and he held a slight yet observant expression on his face, as if he had been watching Harper before drawing his attention. Claw's coming in. Let's go. Harper moved towards the center of the room, with the rest of the team standing and holding their boards. The hollow screen flashed, and the image of his childhood friend and coach Kaoru Nakamura stood in front of them. Unlike the blurry hollows in the indie locker rooms, the pro hollow made it feel like Kaoru was actually in the room with them. She stood in the middle of the room, shot a quick look around to get her bearings, and gave a gentle smile. In place of her overly formal double-breasted black jacket was a, te- was a red team windbreaker with a golden eagle over the left breast. She wore a red ball cap covering up her long black hair that was pulled back into a tight bun. Her vibrant confidence made up for her short stature. You look nice, a confused Lynn said as the team settled in. It's game day in the pros. I had to look the part, Kara said with a laugh, taking a short twirl showing off the rest of her sporty outfit. I'm going to be on the observation deck with Black King's coach, so I had to dress to fit in up here. Is Coach Beltran as much of a douche in real life as he is during press events? Asked her teased. Absolutely, Kara said with a smile. How, how is any of this real? John said nervously swaying from left and right. His anxious question switched Kara from her lighthearted mood right into coach mode. Her brow furrowed and her smile disappeared. John, listen carefully. We've already won the game. We just have to play it. I have watched countless hours of Black Ink's footage. You outperformed them in every aspect. You have to be the one to believe that, okay? She said sternly but with care. John let out an exasperated, yes, coach. And Harper quietly chuckled to himself. He had known Caro for as long as he could remember. She lived in brief skyball. Finally seeing her in action as a professional coach was a treat. Focus on making your goals and trust that your team has your back. If it's open, score. If it's not, locate and pass to Harp. Always be on the lookout for clear paths. Got it. John let out a deep breath and ran his hands through his long hair. He, his swaying slowed to a stop as he began to focus on Karu's coaching. She hadn't been part of the team for very long, but her words put him more at ease than the previous coaches. Okay, perfect. I guess we can just get into it, Karu said, turning to Baz. Baz, remember what we worked on. I want you to focus on that ball the entire game. Don't let it out of your sight. That's what you need to fixate on. Nothing else matters. Got it, coach, Baz said with a fist pump. Out of the million, out of the millions of things in the world that drew Baz's attention, Caro helped her focus on the few that mattered at a time. Lynn, Caro said, turning to the twins, keep a cool head out there. Not every point scored on you is a personal affront. Black Ink is known for trash talking, trying to get under the t- other team's skin. Let every black goal be a retort. Aster, cover your area. You don't have to shadow your sister. You can stand firmly on your own as a member of the team. Don't worry, I'll give them hell, Lynn beamed. We are twins. They will get double the hell, Aster confirmed. The twin defenders fist bumped and gave each other devious smiles. Great, now harp, Kyra said, looking at the last member of the team. I think I got this one, Harper said smugly. Even though you're the team captain, I'm still your coach. In here, I take point. Out there, you need to take point. Regardless, remember that a game of Skyball isn't won by one person. Lean on your team. You can't do everything on your own. That's why there are four other teammates up in the arena. Leave the cockiness in the locker room, 
Carvo said sternly. It isn't cockiness, it's confidence. And I know, this team is full of surprises. I can count on them, Harper shot back, even though deep down he did feel like he had to carry the team sometimes. He looked around the room at his teammates. Could he really depend on them as much as Kyra was asking for? Moving on, you probably notice it's pretty overcast today, so make sure you switch your goggles to transition should the sun come, sun come out. You wouldn't want to be caught off guard. First half, we are defending the bottom goal, the Hellgate. Black Ink has the advantage for the easier goal, so make sure to keep them out of range. For the second half, sorry, for the second half switch, use that advantage to punish them. Rack up as many points in the mid-range, then dive down and take the 50. You don't need to, but if it's open, go for the Heaven Gate during the first half, Cairo said, setting out their strategy for the match. Yes, coach, the five team members said in unison. Okay, then go out there and take the victory I know is already yours, Cairo boldly shouted, putting her hand face down in the middle of the group. Seriously? Harper said, rolling his eyes. It's team tradition. Get used to it. Bass snapped, elbowing elbowing him hard in the ribs. The team stuck their hands in the middle on top of Karu's hologram, which flickered slightly due to the interference. Golden Eagle soar! They all shouted enthusiastically, throwing their hands up into the air. Harper gave in, knowing it was for the sake of the team. After the cheer, Karu's hologram disappeared and the team was left to their own devices. Let's go, Harper said. The team strapped their goggles to their heads. The team strapped their goggles to their heads and put in the earpieces that will allow them to communicate during the match. They walked out through the half through the hallway to the dismount point in the arena. The team lined up along the drop off to the arena, pushing off the platform and flying in and flying out into the center would initiate the warm-up period, which would lead to the match start, where both teams would take their positions with the two point guards, John and Harper, at the ball discharge point. From the tip-off, the match would start and only stop for penalties in the halftime break in which teams could consult with their coaches if needed. It would be about an hour of grueling air acrobatics using any means to score points in the hoop-shaped goals. One step off the ledge and Team Golden Eagle's entire world would change, win or lose. Whether it was for better or worse, they had the first match of the entire season. All eyes were on them, both for, the indie league, both for their indie league record and the pure excitement for the world's favorite sport coming back for yet another year. Skyball was a sport born out of need for unity amongst the world of many countries who have previously only tried to solve their differences through violence. It was a sport that was played in almost every house and at one point in their lives a game that every member of the team golden eagle had watched as children it was also a sport that was significant that was a significant part of harper's life to him it felt like his everything standing on the ledge made his heart race he had finally made it looking across at his team even though their faces were obscured by goggles he could tell they felt it too he thought about how he would take his first step into pro leagues would he simply push off with his board like every time before, or would he enter with more style such as Lauren Hayes of Team Vol's signature backwards eagle dive off the platform? Good afternoon, everyone! The announcer's voice blared through, throughout the clear sphere that made up the arena. The audience observation bleachers that sat as a ring around the midsection of the arena erupted in applause and cheering. The hollow screens across the arena lit up, 
showing both Team Black Ink and the Golden Eagles standing at their dismount points. The strict contrast between the Golden Eagles' red and gold uniforms and Black Ink's black and lime green would make it easy for the audience to follow the match. Today we kick off the new season with a highly anticipated match! Indie darlings, the Golden Eagles, take on last year's newbies, Team Black Ink, the announcer said in a schlocky radio DJ voice. Harper didn't quite hear what was being said as his brain flipped into game mode. He looked over at his team and nodded. He took a step off the dismount point and fell into the arena calmly, pla- fell into the arena, calmly placing his skyboard under him, then took off. The feeling of soaring in the pro arena put him at, his, at ease. The slight vibration of the board, the hum as his board transformed the sparkling waves in the air into propulsive energy, the way the wind flowed through his thick hair, the sheer freedom that came with being so high up in the sky filled his body with life. He positioned his feet on the board with care as he balanced and made his board turn towards his first lap. His team followed suit and followed and followed him as he led them in a path around the arena and through where the goals and ball discharge were located. After a second lap, Baz broke off to head to the bottom of the arena where the lowest goal, lovingly called the Hellgate, lay in the ground as an open mall welcoming the opposing team to come and score 50 points. Black Ink's goalie would be situated opposite of Baz in the sky, at the top of the arena which fans called the Heaven Gate. In this arena, around the Hellgate was an open grassy field that would be easy to navigate should the action make its way down there. A practice ball for each team shot into the air. John and Harper, Astor and Lynn tossed it back and forth, lightly warming up for the the 10 allotted minutes while Baz stretched and mentally prepared down below. When time was up, the team took their positions with Astor and Lynn guarding their goals and John and Harper facing off against the Black Ink point guard Danson League and point guards Danson League and Charlie Feld in the middle of the arena. Harper moved his foot on his board to let it hover at the point in the center where the ball would be discharged for the tip-off. Black Ink's Danson took his place in front of Harper. Though Danson's eyes were obscured by his thick black goggles and his frilly green hair, he gave off a big, sinister smile. Making a large gesture, Danson pointed to his earpiece. Touching his own earpiece, Harper switched from the team channel to the match channel to to hear Danson's harsh laughter. You ready for this, newbie? We are about to crush your winning streak and kick off our season big. Don't worry, you'll take it- Don't worry, we'll take it easy on you in the week one. Danson chortled. Harper rolled his eyes under his goggles and took a deep breath. May the best team win, he said with a taunting shrug to brush off the attack and switching back to the team comms. All right, guys, let's show them what we got. And that's my first chapter. So at first, I was like, I don't know what you mean about feeling a need to do a bunch of world building. I didn't feel that way at all. And then by the end of it, yeah. I kind of see what you mean about feeling like you have to do a lot of like work. Mostly so I don't have I, 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 I want to... I know I shouldn't do this, but as, as like a podcast, I want to get all the um, heavy lifting um, out up top. So like later, I can just run smoothly through some of the stuff. That makes sense. I have a I have one like kind of like somewhat sharp criticism. I don't care. Okay. When you described this story to me, you said your intention was to pretty frequently like go before and after matches. Yeah. 
why take the time to explain details about a match that will never be in the book? But there are, like, times... So I, I've thought through an outline stuff. There are times when I do want to take, like, a little bit of the action so you can understand, like, the team dynamic on, quote-unquote, the field. Because I, I, I think should. if I am just doing before and after and we're not getting some things that happen and, like, the dynamics of, like, you know, things that I kind of hinted at during this then we're going to lose a lot of stuff that will happen later and be discussed and be part of like the character development and learnings. I think it sort of depends because I've, I've seen sports movies that do it both. Like it, it's sort of funny. Like I feel like I've actually watched a lot of sports, movies, right? You know, <laughs> um, despite the fact that it's not an interest I particularly have. Yeah. Right. But like, Recently, I watched a lot of Ted Lasso, a gay, uh, a show that is almost devoid of having soccer really in it. They show very yeah. little soccer games because it is entirely about like the personal lives of the team, not at, really at all about the sport. It kind of is about the sport, but only insofar as that like relates to the machinations of. And the that's team. kind so, of more or less how I want to do it. But like, I do think if I'm setting up the sci-fi world, I think. We should see a little bit of it. Well, and I'll say, like, you know, you'd look at something like Speed Racer or like, um, or like Moneyball is another example where they really don't show baseball in the movie. Um, but like Speed Racer is kind of a sports movie and they definitely show a ton of mm -hmm. racing in that. And I think that you can have like good emotional moments as a match is playing out and that's like a good place for drama, yeah. you know? Um, but then kind of my flip side of that is, if you are going to show the matches, I think those explanations would have done better in, in a match. match. Okay. You no, know I what I you. mean? I get you. Like, and that's, I, I don't want to be like, because I don't think any information or any characterization that you did in that chapter was bad. I you would almost like have, well, or I would have like shifted the start of the match a little earlier and had some of that come out yeah. as you're like describing a match playing out and like, saying, like, what the hell gate and what the heaven yeah. gate is and, like, the different, like, oh, they're going to be and up I, and there and, 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 and I get down that. here. And, and, I mean, it's going to fall directly to what you're saying, though. Space, I am, well, actually, I should have said space earlier, but I am straight up just not going to show any of this first match at all. And I think that's okay. I guess what I'm saying, mm, <laughs> I guess, I don't, I don't know that I think this needs to be a space or a okay. not space. I, I think, to me, it's like, if you want to explain, and... and I guess this is, like, on the assumption that you would want to, like, do a rewrite and try to clean up a chapter, right? I think it would be a better first chapter to either show the first match and explain this stuff or don't explain this stuff and don't show the first okay. match. No, you I, know I, what I mean? I, I 100% um, but um, but I, and like, I like what you're describing. I think it's interesting. I, I like the like hoverboard sport game. Uh, the dynamic of the team seems fun. All that stuff is great. I just think you could either show those characters in action or if the action of the book is that interpersonal stuff, then you can, yes, you can skip over a lot more uh, of the like mechanics, yeah, no, you know, I, I appreciate the feedback. No, that, that, I mean, I think more so than the last story this is going to be like going to be helped a lot by the feedback because like the last story like i already written most of it before we did our first episode 
this one right. is probably well, because of work. Also, this one's going to be written more close to when we actually record together. So, like, so like yeah, I like, do it, closer yeah. to what you do. Like, I still wrote this a week ago, <clears throat> like like a week and a half ago. But like, and then like honed it a bit. But like, I, I think that it will like as we start talking, as like I suss out how I want to do. And like I said, this is like. Of the two options, we kind of talked about this last week, but of the two options, like this is the harder story to write. And yeah, I yeah, felt yeah, for that. sure. I, 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 I really did. Well, because I don't think better. I think what you said in the last episode was very true. I am good at writing the type of story that the swap would have been. I'm that that would have been easy. I probably would have already had five chapters out by now. And like, but I, I think this is the challenge to me. And I want to take in feedback and become a better writer through this other than kind of how I did the no name thing where I had an idea. I'm like, I'm going to stick to what I want this idea to be and nothing's going to change that. Well, and I think the no name stuff, like I don't think it was like really a bad example no, of writing or anything like that. I'm it was just, <laughs> I think that given the way you were writing it, it was fine. And I think the thing that you're writing now has a more, has a challenge to it, which is that there is less, immediate and pressing action which means a lot more of that action has to be interpersonal scenes not action in the story you know what like not external action as much especially if you are planning on skipping chunks of that yeah there's just gonna be some dudes who all learn from each other. it's it's gonna like it's gonna be a lot of just like character moments of like talking and like or and yeah, like yeah, up yeah. front like this first, like, I will say half of it will be a lot of, like, getting to know the characters, getting to know why there's, like, kind of a tension between Baz and Harper and why, like, this and that and, like, some of the more subtle things that I'm not going to point out of why they were there. Sure. Well, and that's, like, I, I mean, I kind of said it last time, like, as a joke, but it, it, it like, really wasn't, like, a the whole thing of, like, yeah. making, like, a Tinder profile oh, for each one of them. Profile, it's, like, yes. no, like, the idea is, like, yeah, like, the getting to know each one of these, like, kind of, like, distinct characters and having them have their own personality and interests and hobbies, I think will be really important because that external stuff is going to be really important when you go like this story really isn't about the mechanics of the sport yeah. happening you know it's and about i something think else. now that the um first chapter is done i'm going to outline it a little bit harder and like force it into places but like i i i was really worried about starting this way because like this is something that is like based off of some anime and sports movies that i've watched and this is like the the style and also the sport is not based solely off of something but like it is influenced by some stuff i've watched in anime and like the way that the characters interact and all talk to each other like is like has that feel of like anime to me and i just want to like yeah i really like anime i really talk about it all the time and i really kind of want to like form a story that reminds me of the feel i get when i watch these things and i definitely got that yeah. for sure well, for good. sure thank you yeah That's no i, I think that for. really came through very well in like the characterization and in the description of the world so i liked that yeah. well thank you i i appreciate it it was this one's going to be a challenge and i'm excited about that because like when we mentioned doing stories again i was just like Am I just gonna end up doing like a similar like a horror thing and like dance like and that's why that's yeah. why I made that rule for myself. It's like I do not want to do horror. Period. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> so, anyways, you got this. I'm very I am very excited for your story. Also, I think your story might be the better of the two. <laughs> 
better too. I did. Well, we haven't. You haven't even heard my oh, first no, chapter. I'm like, yet, I'm like so, really you know. like, okay, in, so. like interested in quote unquote listening to an audio book. So um, I'm gonna say as like a lead up to this first chapter, the um, I, if I was to do a rewrite, I don't know where I would put some of these okay. sections. They might get rearranged. But this is kind of like a chapter zero in a sense. So this is like a prologue or, you know, whatever. This is meant to take place before the action of the actual story. Um, So, um, and just as a, like, note, I don't know. I I just want to make sure this comes across clearly when you're listening to it. Um, The, like... Sea of Smoke is an area. Of, did I did I already go over like the map of the world and all that stuff? Very briefly, I think it'll be important to do it now. Okay, so the Sea of Smoke is a uh like is the eastern part of the world that is a part of the sea that is covered in a per- perpetual fog. The mythology is that that is where the gods live. Um fishing is like like basically whaling in the smoke is a dangerous job that people do um so like the whaling ships are called smokers that is to say ships that sail out into the smoke and try to catch giant monsters basically that's a thing um so the kind of two ideas that i had going into this chapter were one to set up a feel of that and then two to be like a creation story for this world so okay this is a prologue chapter zero oh. that is supposed to kind of set up some events later in the story but it is not like a i would not call it a chapter one so anyways uh all that yammering out of the way we're getting to it so this is sort of chapter zero part one the roiling sea broke over the bow of the old angler the well-worn smoke-fishing boat that had been in the Glanis family for almost ten years now. It was painted a fresh, vibrant green. Granted, some of that was to cover up the age, or some of that paint was meant to mask the age of the boat. But under the fresh paint and years of grime, the old angler had the bones of a ship that could last generations. Sclare manned the helm of his family's most prized possession. He was now grizzled and had... He was now grizzled and cured by a life in salt waters. It had taken almost his whole life first working as a deckhand on one of the last sailing smokers. Then he hired on as a lancer on a newfangled steam-driven smoker. He had proved his mettle on that boat leaping from the side, harpooning whales with fire in their hearts and the great mollusks and the ever-dreaded angler sharks, each of these more dangerous than the last and each of them priceless for meat and blubber and oil. The heart of a lava whale, it was said, could power a factory for a month. But after years, finally Sclare could afford his own smoker. Not the best boat in the smoke sea, but it had a good steam engine, powered harpoon launchers and winches that could tow it and winches that could tow any monster. The old angler. She was rough around the edges, but the Glanis family could keep anything afloat. For every problem, Sclare had a cousin or a niece or a friend of the family that could fix it or make it run. So it was that the old angler became one of the most profitable family-owned smokers on the childless god's sea. Sclare backed the smoker to a gentle, puffing cruise. 
the coal smoke from the engine mixed with the god's haze as they plodded along. He looked out, seeing his family tense on the deck. Some held long, heavy lances, and others manned harpoon launchers. There was a creeping dread. The catch that they hunted was a beast that dwelled deep in the ocean, surfacing only in the warm seasons to hunt. Some said that the, that the beast hunted for sport, and others said it was necessary for them to survive the long months at the bottom of the, ski, at the, bottom of the sea. Sclare only knew that the price of the devil's leviathan was enough to make his children's children rich. Suddenly, the stench grew worse. The smell of rot and fresh death caused his family on the deck to retch. Below, he heard some of the younger kids beginning to cry. Sclare's stomach fell as he saw the waters grow orange and begin to boil around them. The new electric lights that he had been so proud of flickered and died, and all around him the smoke glowed ever brighter and brighter orange. Then the ocean split open, and the stench of blood-soaked vomit and the stench of blood-soaked vomit poured in around them thick and pungent. Tentacles ending in razors in razor claws dug at the fresh, bright paint of the boat. The bow dipped and water crashed over the deck, threatening to swamp the boat. Full steam! Full reverse! Sclare bellowed. He slammed back on the throttle, and the propellers under the boat churned the water. But they didn't move. Then somewhere in the bowels of his boat, little Elena must have thrown the god's own fire into the boiler as flames belched from the stack, illuminating the decks of the old angler, lurching at... They lurched and shot backwards. The scene painted before... Oh, the scene painted by fire and smoke stopped his heart and turned his steel, his steely hair white. The face of a devil was clamped onto his boat. Rows and rows and rows of demonic teeth chewed on the iron and wood of the old angler. And all around him, people were screaming and crying. Then his eldest son, the one who still had a newborn back at home, launched a steam harpoon right into the demon Leviathan's eye. The tentacles broke free and the old angler picked up speed. The demonic wailing and oh, the demon wailed and roared and shrieked. Sclare watched his son heft a lance and charge across the deck, leaping thirty feet if it was an inch to blind the other demon's eye. His son bellowed and triumphed. He watched as his whole family rallied, throwing spears, calling for light, chopping at tentacles with axes. The mob of blood and violence would have brought joy to him, but he remembered the words of his god, the god of all fishermen. Take heed. Take heed, you folk of the salt. The rain falls most heavily on those with reckless mirth. He stopped. Time slowed around him. He heard children crying. He heard the reckless, greedy mirth of his on his deck. He saw the barbed tail of the devil's own leviathan, still blind but deadly, still poised to strike. And Sclare, that brave lancer, the last fisherman on a real sailing smoker, a true believer in the old gods and their wisdom, ran from the helm and cut the line from the steam harpoon. The boat shot backwards, spinning out of control a second before the devil's own leviathan would have impaled the boat. Part 2. The tang of salt is in the air, and the cold vapor of the sea of smoke wafts over the town of Notice. On nights like this, you can feel a weight in the air, a tension, like the thrill before a storm or the giddy feeling of looking down from on high. Nights like this call the daring to the coast of the sea, 
where calm waters whisper of mysteries of a bygone time, or it drives reasonable people inside where they huddle by hum- humanity's lanterns, warding off that feeling of sublime mystery. Did Danny really jump 30 feet? Yes, Ali, if it was an inch. And you really saw a devil's leviathan? My teacher says those are just a myth. Then I would love to know where the teeth marks in the old angler came from. Why are you out here, Grandy Dad? An old man smiles down at a child squirming on his knee. Other children tumble on the sand and shriek about monsters in the smoke and laugh and giggle and think little of the old man sitting by the fire on the beach looking out at the waves. But little Alcyon stared up at the man, eyes wide and full of wonder. I am here to remember, little Allie. I'm here to remember what it means to feel small. I'm here to remember what it means to be young and to be a child. But you're not a child, you're old, Grandy Dad. Sclare clapped a salt-gnarled hand to his chest. You wound your granddad. Now say it with me properly, Ali. Grand. Grand. Dad. Dad. Granddad. Grandy dad. Ali cackles with mischievous glee. Sclare chuckles and squeezes Ali, his scratchy beard tickling the child's face. Not a child, you say? Well, my dear boy, how do you figure I came to be here? How do you figure I got to be so old? One day you may be old yourself, out on a beach at night, remembering what it is to be a child. What else can you remember? The old man smiled down at Alcyon. Young man, if I didn't know any better, I might think that you were hunting for yet another story. Well, what would you like to hear about tonight? Maybe the time I saw the last hurricane crab. You saw a hurricane crab? Certainly. A crab so big it towered over the ocean, with claws twirling a storm like your grandma spins bread. Like your grandma spin. Oh my gosh. Like your grandma spins bread dough. But I already heard that one. Oh, have you? Well, then maybe. Maybe I ought to tell you the first story. The story of where we came from, from where all this came from. Have you heard the story of the childless gods? In a time before the sun and the moon counted days and nights, and before stars counted the years, there was only the smoke. The smoke that curls around us now, little Ellie. Just the cold, salty void. It might seem an uninviting place, veiled and desolate, but from such desolation, little Ally, there is also mystery and potential, a blank canvas. That is how the first god found us. Thought? Going with thought on this. The god of living fire. He smote the void with his bare fists, leaving his blood to cool on the vapor. That is the land that we live on now. The act was so violent that Nero wept, filling our oceans and cracking the still-hot blood into islands, divided by rivers. Now the place was no longer a void, but rather a place of new potential. New gods found our land, and the place began to take shape. 
Gods created the stars, and they created the sun to bring light, and the smoky void was beautiful. Now, that is all well and good, but... Oh, now that is all well and good. The gods built together a paradise, but they were also sad. Why, Grandy Dad? Hush now, I'm telling the story. Yes, Grandy Dad. The gods were sad because they had no one to share this world with. They could build and build and build, but they had no reason. But they had no reason to build. They lived forever. But that too made them sad. As their world stagnated, they were gripped with a boredom. And from that indifference, the first devil came. The devil was wicked and shrewd and full of mischief, not unlike someone else I know. Anyway, he came up from the smoke-covered waters. In his right hand was a bowl of catching flames, and in his left a scale. He had come to destroy and to judge the gods' lazy work. He sparked fires in the wood and brought storms to the sea. He sowed doubt in the heads of the gods. The devil sounds awful. Maybe, Ali, maybe. But, little Ali, he also brought life. We were made by the devil? <laughs> no, no. But pray to the gods that inspire us that you never meet the life wrought by devils. No, but he came to the halls and the palaces of the gods, deep in the islands of smoke, with his fire and scale heralded by storms and the crying of monsters, and said, I have come to judge you, lazy, foolish, and apathetic. I come to bring a challenge. If ye be gods, blessed with the power and wisdom to create, make something greater than yourselves. And with that, he left to make his dark home in the islands of smoke, and to draw to him other devils with other scales to judge and other destructions to bring. But the gods were full of shame. The devil might be wicked, but he judged right. And on that night, Nero and Urun of the sky spoke together softly in each other's embrace. We cannot make something stronger than ourselves, they said. How can we? Then they came to an answer. Together, we must do it together. And so, with the love between them, they made the first fish. A simple minnow. And they were sad, for when they saw it, it was so beautiful, and the, the creature slithered and swam into the ocean. Nero and Urun held each other, for though they wished to be with their fish, they could not hold him. For their place was on the palaces and the smoky islands, and not beneath the water. So they had to watch from afar as the little fish grew and multiply. They wept when they saw their minnow battered by a storm and killed by old age or disease. But soon, with every life of a minnow, the fish grew and changed. It became stronger. Nero and Urun rejoiced, for though they had never... For though they would never have children, they had truly made something greater than themselves. For from that minnow, there are now countless mighty, noble, and beautiful fish that live in our sea. Nero and Urun wasted no time telling the other gods of their creation of life, and thus began the great labors of the gods to fill their world with life, born of the shame and doubt brought to them by the devil. 
It started simple. All the gods working together to create new life and new life. Gods started by filling the seas. Nero, Urun, and Palin worked... And Plia, sorry. Nero, Urun, and Plia worked together to make crustaceans, lobsters, and crabs, and shrimp. Then Fort got to work with Nero to make animals that could stay warm under the water. After the oceans were filled, more and more gods came to our young little world. Gods of more abstract things, like the god of hunting and of growth and creativity. They brought life to the lands and to the sky. As diverse as the gods could create, our lands were covered in new, vibrant life. Then the gods felt pride and arrogance swell in their breast. And from that pride came yet another devil. From this violence was born. The devil came to the halls of the god. In her left hand was a bloody claw, and in her right hand a withered stomach. When she came out from the sea, the animals began to compete and kill and feast on each other. The ocean ran red, and the land was choked with the copper salt of blood and fear. The gods wept. They wept for an age. They wept till the waters turned to salt and their tears washed the lands in rains that could never end. The gods cursed the devil for the suffering that she brought. But violence and... Or, sorry... The gods cursed the devil for the suffering she brought, but violence and judgment scoffed. You grew bored and lazy, so we bring you challenge. You create without wisdom, so we bring the need for balance. We are as much your creation as the rest. Finally, from that fear and violence, all the gods came together to create one last great thing. Humans. With all their combined wisdom, creativity, and humility, the gods made us, little Ally, to be guides and to grow this new world, to put a rein on violence and judgment to nature's destruction. That is our charge from the gods, to mold this world into something greater than they could imagine. We fail as often as we succeed, little Ally, but... On a night like this, when I see the smoke circling around all of you, I can't be too angry. I might fear the misery that devils bring, that they might bring to all of you, but I can't hate them for the life they inspired. Where are they now? Who, Ellie? The gods. They're out there, little one, out there in the smoke, watching us, inspiring us. What about the devils? Oh, the devils, yes, them too. I was forgetting the third old devil. The devil of the void. The emptiness of failure and the disaster that potential brings. That is the last of the original three devils. That one came quietly. In his right hand was the ice of fear, and in his left was unmolded clay. He came quietly into all of our hearts to whisper the lie that we could never live up to the work put forth to us by the gods. Oh, Alcyon, go on now and get into trouble with your cousins and brothers. Already the older kids were coordinating an effort to launch the family's little rowboat to go out and find the lost smoke islands full of monsters and the home of the childless gods. Can't I stay here with you? 
with my old bones, no. Go off and find your own story and come back and tell me. Remind me what it means again to be a child. And that is the end of chapter zero. Okay, I got one serious. You need to answer this seriously. Okay. How much did you enjoy writing that? Oh, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I think yeah, I was absolutely. right. I think I was right last week. We're like, oh, yeah, I think this is a story you're going to like actually enjoy writing in comparison to um, the other one. Like, you sounded like you were having so much fun. <laughs> and that, like. Oh, yeah. Well, and so just so you know, like the like the next chapter, like chapter one is about Alcyon is now an old man and has a son. Oh, that's fun. That's like what what the story is I about. Like that so this a is lot. like this is this is yeah this and so like the next chapter is supposed to be this kind of like counterpoint to Alcyon as an old man like sitting alone on the beach without any grandchildren around like staring at a fire just like <sighs> my son moved <laughs> away. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. Well, yeah, no, I'm really I'm really pumped about this. I I really like the idea that like the kind of the thing that I was talking with some friends about that was sort of like a recent like oh like that's that kind of makes it make sense is that like Alcyon is like a fisherman, but that's like an incredibly dangerous like basically monster fighting yeah. job. Like going out and fishing the like ocean of the gods is yeah there's monsters out there you're you're fighting monsters for food you know um and that's become kind of passe but um like it's like a long lineage in his family and he has like this hand-me-down boat from his uh from his grandfather that's you know now like the boat that he has so you know the old angler is still gonna be like the boat that this adventure takes place on i'm happy you're you're having a good time i can tell yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. There's a lot of fun stuff there. Yeah, there's also like you're welcome. Little things that I'm finding is because yeah. Oh yeah, for suggesting the, that, that I, you do for, yeah for, for uh, forcing you know, another. Well, I I didn't mean for you to write another story, but I'm happy that you did. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, like I have like a loose outline now, and because um, I like like I said, I talked it through with some friends, and like was like, oh okay, like this is the got it like this is the story that will make sense for this and why like the reason that they're like him and his son have to reconnect because what i didn't what originally like my knee jerk like okay like him and his son go on an adventure like alcyon and his son go on an adventure to reconnect right that's the story um and originally i was like well i don't want it to just be like a kidnapping story where like a devil comes and steals alcyon's or Alcyon's son's wife or something like that but that's the most obvious thing in my head like that's all I could think of and I'm like that sucks so then I talked with some people have a much better answer now and I'm very excited I'm excited it, so I'm proud of you I'm not I, I like it I think that like you you did a fun thing there and like telling stories and like creating creating like some fun fun she's in there and I'm, I'm excited I'm excited to see where it goes um I mean, I'm not saying that I have no notes, but like my my note is that like <laughs> Yeah, my, my note is I'm glad that you chose this. I I don't think this would necessarily have 
formed itself the same way if you went with so, a muskrat or a mill rat. A mill rat. Originally, like the note that I would have for myself is the like uh, structurally, like what happened was I wrote this creation story and that was going to be chapter yeah. zero. And then I put the like family fishing for a uh, like the devil's Leviathan, which is like this semi mythic monster that's worth a lot of money uh on the old angler and i was like oh i like that i wanted that sequence to be there of like setting up what fishing is right like that fishing is not a it's an incredibly dangerous job and so like Elcyon as a like old fisherman it's not like oh he's, he's not like grandpa sitting on a dock he's like no like that's basically he was a seafaring monster fighter and so like that's who he is and i wanted to like kind of establish that with that sequence so then i like was like okay so i'll frame that as originally it was alcyon's grandfather telling him this creation myth and now it was like okay so alcyon's grandfather told him this story about the one time they fought this mythical fish that everyone says doesn't exist and then tells him the creation story after and i'm like i don't know that that really flows well as like two very separate things, but I wanted both of them to be there. And like, originally I was going to literally just be like, here's a blurb that I don't know where to put it. Like it was going to be like chapter zero and then chapter 0. 0.5. <laughs> and then chapter one is the actual narrative starting. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's sort of what I did. I just kind of made it tie in it to tie what in, was happening in, in the I, flow I, I of the story. It's, it's kind of funny to me because like, you're like, oh yeah, Jordan, you don't need to put your stuff in. But so what you did instead was you just did your world shop episode and now you're gonna do your story episode afterwards. This this was meant yeah, to this be a was, pro- this like, is your really world shop episode where you're world up. building the whole thing, and then next episode's gonna be your story. There's what I'm saying is screw the yourself. The thing that I will say I want <laughs> Well, and th- there's like a couple things that I do want to set up here, which like that are important for the narrative of the story, not necessarily for the world building. The the big one for me that this needs to set up is like chapter zero and chapter one. You need to see like Alcyon as an old man. His life is so different from Sclare as an old man. And that that sort of represents a failure on Alcyon's part. Like that is like the internal need of Alcyon is that he lost his family in his old age. Um, Whereas, and it's not literally what happens, but that nearly happened to Sclare and he saved his family for this and lost like a certain amount of like, of like renown and dignity by saving his family. Right. So, you know, in that moment when he saw his son, like, slaying a monster and winning, he cut and yeah. run because he had the wisdom to see that things were going to go bad. And that was, like, for Sclare, like, what I'm setting up about that character is that he made the right choice there and managed to then, later on, not be incredibly wealthy, but got to have this nice moment with his grandson on the beach where they talk about adventures and, you know, where the gods came from. Yeah. And Alcyon, though, his grandson that he was telling the story to, in some ways failed to make that choice. Like, it'll be at a different moment, and that's obviously going to be, like, more revealed in the story. But what I'm trying to set up about Alcyon is he is not Sclair, he failed. <laughs> like, he he failed in some way to not 
to care more about his family than he did about his own yeah. pride. And that's what ends up, that's why he has yeah, an estranged no, that's, son. That's... And he's sitting alone, like, and that's why chapter one is him sitting alone on a beach with nothing to do in an empty yeah. house. <laughs> you and know? that's why I'm like, yeah, dude, you did your world building episode. Now we get to the story next time. Well, and then also definitely, yeah, there's the part where I'm like, okay, I want to have a creation story that's like kind of setting up what the gods are and what the devils are um, and how they're meant to like the way that I talked about it with a friend is that like for me in this world, like. No, this was well, this was mostly with Zach, but um, I usually write about that. Um, the flow of the narrative i talked about more with caitlin like what the gods did but anyways it was both of them they both deserve credit for helping me out with this um but um i like the idea that the devils are not necessarily there necessarily to be bad for humanity but rather to be like there's a thing that you have to push against and there is a challenge to this world that inspires you to create new things and that it is in some way the god's own apathy that made this necessity happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, random ranting about No, no, I, I enjoyed it. Like <laughs> I said, you you did good. And I'm excited to see it. But good job writing a world shop episode. <laughs> I'm going to keep... I, I know. I just, <laughs> like, yeah, you should like do your world build. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to... like put my world building in a completely different chapter. And I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, Cody. That's one way to do it, you know? It is a way to do it. It is a way to do it. Yes. Well, and that's like, th- there was an amount of world building that I wanted to do in that, like, first part of the chapter where they're, like, doing a, you know, a uh, monster hunt, basically. But that was, you know, like, kind of meant to show, like, what that, what the action of that is going to feel like and, you know, like what Alcyon and his son are going to be sailing into when they start going on this quest. They have to go I on. Mean, we'll see how it goes. Also, Sklar. Or, what is his name? Sklar? Sklar. I yeah. just hear Sklar and I just think it's fun. So, I'll, I'll level with you a lot of what this is, is like uh, hacked up oh, Greek names. Okay. And no, it's it's because this is meant to be yeah. sort of like based yeah. around like yeah. that, like that's what the loose inspiration for the um, area is supposed to be. So I use like a lot of like parts of Greek names, but uh, that means the pronunciation is not going to be good. So if we have any Greek listeners, sorry, I'm I've listened to pronunciation guides and I am doing my best. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that, so you don't have to. Greek listeners, you don't have to be mad at me. Anyways, yeah, you named all your characters Steve, which is the right choice to make. I mean, look, I have like a Japanese name in there. <laughs> also, Danson was absolutely supposed to be Danzig, um, but anyways. Uh, anywho, Cody, this is good. I'm excited for next time. We recorded way too long, but. Or now, what are some blogs? You can check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. It's a podcast where we play RPGs and at Wandering underscore Gamers, where on Tuesdays I sometimes stream, but I think that I'm going to not be streaming for like Gamers where? Where do you weeks. find that? Thank you. Oh, Twitch. <laughs> Wherever you find people that stream. I guess people stream yeah. on YouTube. Now. I have been streaming on you YouTube know, for a long some while. People do. It's not even now. No, I'm just saying YouTube people have been. It's like, but you're just like, oh yeah, you can find me at wandering underscore gamers. It's like, 
where? <laughs> Look, Jordan, I I have one consistent fan, and it's one occasion. Yeah, I know. Friends. That's that's it. Who it, I it, it occasionally, I'll, occasionally I'll pop in and be like, oh, and then I disappear. You do occasionally pop in and say something hurtful. That's, that's true. not hurtful, offensive, that I get flagged by the mods. <laughs> you have every single it's time it's a, it's a, you have been on the my thing Twitch is, I'm not even, and I'm not even trying to. Like, I'll just like say something like, I'll make a joke, and it's just like, oh yeah, this is inappropriate language. I'm like, this is how I talk to Cody all the time. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? What what you're finding out is that the way you talk to me is actually so is hostile that, that Twitch ban. Half the time it's not even hostile stuff. I'm making you're allowed jo- to I'm stream rog- naked on Twitch. Basically, I make raunchy jokes is why I get flagged. I'm not even being hostile half the time. Anywho, Cody, you can check me out at my apartment, and the address is. I'm just kidding. Um, check me out at my Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash something against zero zero, where I stream on Wednesdays with my friend Will, who's been on the show twice before and is actually on the episode where my story comes from. And we talk about anime and stuff. You can also check me out on my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, where we talk about diversity and nerd culture. Our recent episode, Leah tells me about the Omegaverse, and it's very upsetting. Why did you talk about Because she really Omegaverse. wanted to break my brain. Um, anywho... Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you where? At the next Demon Vs, but also on the flip side. I'm sorry, is she into Cody, the Omegaverse, or did just she say hear about bye. the Omegaverse and want to talk about it? We no, can I talk about to, it I really after need to the get show, into this just Omegaverse say goodbye. Thing. Bye, guys. I'm a wolf man. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>